Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Jack Heinrich filling in for Joe Brand as the Blackhawks go to overtime for the second straight game here to start the preseason. Two for two in heading to overtime, but the Hawks fall 21 seconds in. Connor Dewar getting the game-winning goal for the Wild, and we'll head right back out to the XL Energy Center and talk with Troy Murray to get some more post-game thoughts um, from this loss for the Hawks, but still some positive to come out, and a lot of these young guys, a lot of young Hawks getting their first action, Troy, and how important are these games for these young guys, even fighting back? They pull the goalie, they're able to score a goal, and then go to overtime. Yeah, it's important in their development, wherever they may be, whether they're going back to juniors, whether they go to the minors, um, whether you're a young player and you get an opportunity to play here at the NHL level. So everything is really uh, important to these guys. You know, you had a bunch of guys that uh, played in the first game uh, Thursday night at the United Center. Three of those guys got sent down to juniors, but at least they got a taste of what it takes to play at the NHL level, even though it's a preseason game. And that's important. They have to have an understanding of, of how hard it is to get to this level and how hard it is to reach the next level. And once you get to the NHL, how hard it is to stay in the NHL with the competition that comes at you every each and every year. So this is a really good learning moment for a lot of these guys. And I think that, you know, for some of the players that are seriously uh, looking at contending for a roster spot, uh, you know, you don't go any further than Cole Gutman, who continues his fine play that where he left off last year. Uh, I, I thought that he was really noticeable out there on the ice, and and you know you've got you've got a veteran line out there. Gutman played some time last year, um, obviously with, with the Blackhawks in, in 14 games. But you look at, uh, you know, he's playing with Tyler Johnson and he's playing with Taylor Radish. So those are guys that are NHL caliber players. So th- that line kind of stuck out in my mind as probably the, the best line. And that's your top line that you had in here. And you really weren't disappointed. I thought uh, Ledwinski played a, a strong game. Colton, Doc, um, I, I thought, you know, used his size and everything to his advantage. There was a lot of good things. Mackenzie Entwistle scores on his first shift. And, you know, he's a guy that gets out there and, and he's, a, he's a big body at 6'4". He skates well. Um, you know, where does he fit in? Does he, is he his first, fourth line center? I, you know, I mean, they're going to have to figure out where everybody is going to fit this year. But I thought a lot of guys kind of stepped up in their play um, where they needed to and showed the coaches that they deserve at least another opportunity. Yeah, and some of those veterans, I was you know, you're looking at Taylor Radish getting his first opportunity. He's a guy that's kind of broke out for the Hawks last year, scoring 20 goals. And Tyler Johnson ties the game up. But there's some other guys on this team like Anders Bjork and Nikita Zaitsev, the guys that came over late in trades. And veteran guys, but they're on the bubble. What's it like for them? I mean, we've talked about the young guys getting experience, but these guys are kind of fighting for uh, another contractor to be on an NHL roster. Yeah, they are. You know, how much Zeitz have plays this year? He's an experienced guy and uh, a well-liked guy. And, and But, you know, I, I think that he also understands that there's a lot of competition on the blue line there, so he's got to play well. He's only 31 years of age. Um, was in and out of the lineup last year after getting picked up in a trade with the Ottawa Senators. Um, you know, he's a guy that's fighting for ice time. You know, Bjork is a guy that uh, is on a PTO and signed an American League contract. So, you know, expectations are probably he's not going to make it. A guy like Joey Anderson, though, is a guy. Reese Johnson, um, you know, you know what these guys bring. But, you know, when you look at, you know, who stuck out, who who really was noticeable, it, it wasn't those guys. And those guys need to be in that position. They need to get noticed on a regular basis whenever they get in the, the opportunity. 
And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of competition up front for the Blackhawks and who's going to be there on the starting uh, lineup opening night. And that's a good thing to have, too. Is this, this is a roster that Kyle Davidson's really reworked, and now it, it, they're going to make some tough cuts from guys that they had last year. I want to look, I want to talk about these young defensemen. You and John were talking about it a little bit. Nolan Allen, Kevin Korchinski, a couple others really in a battle to maybe break camp with this this team. Do, have, do you think some of those guys have done enough? Because it's, it's, they got some depth there now. Yeah, look at uh, Louis Crevier. 22 mm-hmm. years of age. Last year, he played 62 games in Rockford. You know, he's kind of a unique type of player at 6'8". You know, he, he's, he's, he needs more seasoning. He needs to go back down to, to uh, Rockford and play down there. Kind of like Alex Vlasic did. Really hone your skills down there. But he's a big guy with a ton of upside. Uh, Del Mastro is, is, is a 20-year-old player out of the Ontario League, a fourth-round pick in 21. He's 6'4", 205. I thought he was good in the game. I thought Nolan Allen, who's 20, and he's got some size, 6'2", 195. Um, you know, those two guys are, are going to be a part of this franchise for a lot of years. Isaac Phillips, who came up and played 16 games yeah. last year, he was really good in this game, athletic and 6'3", 205. So they're bringing back some size. Korchinski is another interesting situation where they're going to give him every opportunity to make the club. But if he's not ready, they're not going to force the issue because they know that this is not the year. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's the year after when you get some guys coming out of college. Uh, maybe it's three years down the road. So you want to do what's best for these young players. There's a lot of talent. There's going to be a lot of depth in the organization uh, at Rockford in the uh, um, in the junior ranks and in the uh, college system. Just a lot of depth that these guys have built. And that's that really bodes well for the future because, you know, as you look at aging guys, uh, on the on the roster, like a Tenority, who's you know a, a big player, and he he fills a, certainly a role that they have. Seth Jones is going to be the leader on the blue line there. Connor Murphy is solid guys, but these young guys are going to push those guys for ice time in the next couple of years, and that's really important to have. It's a good thing to have, but right. as a player, you have to understand that you know this is a business, and you know every year there's going to be somebody coming after you for your job. So these guys got to get better and better. And once they all are in the same boat, this is going to be a really nice team to watch. Yeah, definitely. That just shows the health of this organization as what really Kyle Davidson's flipped it around, and now they got some depth in these areas. I want to talk about Arvid Soderblom a little bit. He gave up those two goals early, but he stopped 29 of 32 shots, and it seems like he's on the inside track to be the backup goalie. And um, He had some good moments last year bouncing back and forth between Rockford and the Hawks, but now it seems like he's got that backup uh, role, and he got a full game today. I think that that's the plan. Um, you know, Stauber, Jackson Stauber, when he came up last year, he played extremely well. Drew Comesso comes out of Boston University, and, and he's a, you know, a, a, a big talent. You know, so it, just put those three guys into the equation. Um, and, and I think for a guy like Comesso who comes out of college, he needs some time. He needs some seasoning. He needs to play some games. Uh, so the plan is, I, I do believe that, you know, you've got Peter Mrazek here, and then you've got Soderblom, who's going to stick here as the backup goaltender, or get a lot of, um, you know, opportunity. And I, you know, where where Peter Mrazek fits into the long term equation, we don't know, but you know that you, you want uh, uh, Soderblom to be a part of that equation. You want Stauber and you want Comesso to be a part of that equation. So those are the guys that are going to be, you know, really watched during their progression. 
at, at whatever level, but I do believe that you know Soderblom has done enough of what he did last year to have that opportunity to be the the second goaltender for the Blackhawks to start this season. Yeah, he's he looked pretty good tonight. Just a couple of tough bounces, and now that we're getting more into the games, the Hawks had like this long training camp, I guess, the last team to start. And do you expect them to kind of get more comfortable? I think mostly we'll have a new roster tomorrow. Um, of guys, uh, kind of an interesting travel thing with them playing back-to-back games on the road, but should be we're going to see a little bit more cleaner, cleaner hockey from them. Going, they haven't really converted yet on the power play, but they should be getting more in the rhythm of these things moving forward. The execution will get better as you move uh, forward in, in preseason. If it doesn't, you're not going to be here. So, you know, you you got to show progression from one game to the next. Yeah, there's going to be bumps on the road. You're going to come, uh, you know, have good games and have an off game, uh, good shifts and off shifts. So that, that's going to happen. But um, overall, you're, you're looking at probably this weekend before you start making some, some significant cuts to get down to some numbers for the last three games. Usually teams go into those last two games with a roster that looks very close to what the opening night will look like. So, you know, a lot of guys in this game probably uh, are not going to get another opportunity. Did they show enough? It doesn't matter for some of these guys that, you know, it's it's about getting the opportunity and then learning from it, going back to their junior teams or wherever they may be um, before they make some, some cuts. Uh, after the game tomorrow night against the Red Wings. As you said, Jack, I think that's going to be a completely different roster. Most of the guys who were sitting back in Chicago today will play in that game tomorrow. Most of the guys that played in this game um, tonight will not make that trip to Detroit. And then some decisions. Monday's going to be a scheduled off day, which is a a lot of times basically (laughs) signal. Uh, signaling that that's the day that we're going to make a lot of uh, okay. uh, decisions. And, and it's not going to come easy for some guys. I know there will be some disappointment. It always is. Uh, but there's also an opportunity to use this uh, moving forward and, uh, you know, in the process of getting to the NHL. A guy like Paul Ludwinski, you know, he's he's not ready. He's, he's too light. But you, you just love what he sees. And now he understands what he's got to do to play at this level. And, th- and that's really important in the progress for these guys. Yeah, definitely good experience for them. All right, and we know Connor Bedard didn't play today, but at practice today, um, he was the last one off the ice. They've, I think they practiced at 10. They finished around 10.50, him and a couple others, Lucas Reichel, Wyatt Kaiser were doing some drills, but he, he stayed on the ice for a good 10, 15 minutes on his own, and the whole crowd there at practice was watching. But the work ethic that he shows at such a young age and – He's very mature, and we have to touch on, always got to touch on Connor Bedard. But what does that do for a team when you're looking at a guy that was number one pick and everyone's hyping him up to be like this, but he's still coming in and working like that? What does that do for the rest of the group? Well, it, it, it kind of embarrasses you that you're going off the ice and you've got a young kid that's sticking out there. In my understanding, it was about for an hour yeah, was, after the practice was over. That, yeah, he just stayed out there. He's a rink rat. He, just, he says, my happy place, I just want to play hockey. And, uh, you know, it really shows. And that, and that enthusiasm will really resonate inside the locker room. I don't, I don't think you have to try and, you know, some players come in and they're lazy. They don't have the work ha- habits that you need, and they have to learn those. Connor Bedard comes in already having those, un- you know, under his belt, and, and he knows what he needs to do. He, he just loves to be out on the ice. And, you know, people are like guys like Lucas Reichel, the, the young guys that are going to be this core group for a lot of years, they're, they're going to be doing that together. They're going to be hanging out at the rink. Patrick Kane did that all the time. He, he was always one of the last guys uh, done in practice for a lot of his career because he just loved being out on the ice. So um, I, I think it's really good for 
a young player like that to show the leadership that he wants to be out on the ice. I, I've, I've seen guys, honestly, Jack, that have come here, and as young players, they were the last player on the ice, and they were the first player off the ice. I'll tell you, and I don't want to say names, but those careers did not last long because they didn't right. understand what, what it takes to play here and, and you know what you have to do as far as your work ethic each and every day. Um, you're, nothing is given to you. Nothing, you know, you're not entitled. And uh, the, 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 the Blackhawks management and the ownership, uh, the, the organization has a responsibility to make the right decisions, whether you have to cut ties with players that you just don't think are going to make it, but you have to make tough decisions because it's all for the the good of, of everybody involved. So, you know what, if you're, if you're not the type of player that you want inside the locker room, if you don't have the right attitude, and, and I'll tell you what, Kyle Davidson, Norm McIver, um, Brian Campbell, everybody involved in the management, when they look at the drafts, when they look at these players, they are looking at character. They are looking at the type of guys that they want in the organization. If they don't fit those molds, they're not even on the equation. Uh, they could be skilled players, but they're not the type of players that you want. So you know, a lot of times, you know, long-winded answer, but, you know, these young players are getting an opportunity to show uh, what they can do, and also it, it gives them that opportunity to understand what the growth is that they have to have. And for having a young guy like Connor Bedard showing the way of what it takes, you know, it, it's going to. I mean, players are going to stick around. They're going to say, "Hey, he's out there. I'm going to stick around out there too as well." So I, I think this is a really good example of what Connor Bedard can bring to the table and the maturity level that he has, even at 18 years of age. Yeah, it seems like they got a lot of good. Get- Good young players with good work ethics. And then last for you, Troy, I know we're not on air tomorrow, and it's a little tough with the preseason the rosters, but what, what are you looking for um, tomorrow? I'm assuming we might be able to see Connor Bedard tomorrow, but what are you looking for um, this, this game and going forward? I, again, I, you know, it, it all depends what kind of a lineup Detroit puts on the ice there. If it's a, it's an NHL group of guys, then um, you, know, you expect a little bit more, and, and you would expect that they're going to be a little bit more uh, prepared as far as their power play, as far as their execution. Um, but again, it, it, it's about the progression of of getting better, uh, finding some combinations that uh, are, are comfortable. You look at some line matchups that you had in the first game. Do they go right back and do they say, okay, Ryan Donato along with the Taylor Hall and, and Connor Bedard, or you try and mix it up and, and look at something different. So those are the things you kind of look for in the preseason. And again, for the older players to kind of start working on what they need to do to be ready for the regular season. And for some younger players, getting another opportunity, getting another game, it's just it's really important for them to uh, take advantage of those opportunities. All right, Troy, thank you for uh, hanging out with me during the admissions and at the end, and uh, we'll see you Tuesday. Get home safe, all right? Nice job tonight, Jack. Well done, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Yeah, sounds good. That's the great Troy Murray from the XL Energy Center. Good stuff, as always, from Troy and John over there. All right, we'll continue the Blackhawks postgame show, getting into some highlights coming up next. You're listening to Blackhawks Hockey on 720 WGN. Continuing on the postgame show here, Blackhawks fall to the Wild in overtime, 3-2. to two. Back-to-back overtime games to open the preseason for the Hawks. Started off well for them getting a goal early, but just couldn't find it getting a goal late from Tyler Johnson, just showing the not giving up in the spirit of this team being able to be resilient. And we're going into that. We're going to go to tonight's player with the most heart, sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. I'm going to go with Arvid Soderbloom, the goalie 
for the Hawks tonight. Looking like he, like me and Troy were talking about is he's I think the plan is that he's going to be the backup goalie. I think that's what the Hawks are looking for. He spent some time in Rockford and up here in Chicago last year and he's looked pretty good when he's been up here with the Hawks and he got a full game plus I guess 21 seconds. There's 21 seconds in the overtime. The Wild were able to win it, but he got 29 saves on 32 shots, so a 90% save percentage for Soderblom in his first action in a long time, first action of the preseason. He's able to put out a pretty solid effort, and when you're looking at preseason, you're looking for that. So tonight's player with the most heart, sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, is going to be Arvid Soderblom. All right, we'll move into the highlights of tonight's game and how it sounded out at the XL Energy Center, Blackhawks and Wild, and then and it started off quick for the Hawks. They were looking to get something going early, and a guy that Mackenzie Entwistle, who's looking to make an impact and make this roster, made his presence felt early. Here's Allen now with the puck along the right side boards as the Hawks regroup. He sends it over to Isaac Phillips on the left wing side. Headman pass Mackenzie Entwistle over the wild line. He shoots, he scores! First shot of the game, finds the back of the wild net. With authority, Mackenzie Entwistle with a nice snapshot. And we're 106 into the hockey game, and the Hawks lead 1-0. Striking fast, Mackenzie Entwistle is such a good personality in the locker room, very lively, really nice to talk to, a good quote. And he comes out, and he's always in such a good mood, and John and Troy touched on it during the broadcast. And he was locked in and ready to go from the jump, and he gets that early goal, and he's able to put the Hawks up 1-0. And then a little back and forth for a while, the Hawks were keeping that lead. They went on a power play, only got one shot on that power play. Weren't able to get anything going. Then a couple loose pucks get in front of the net and some traffic and Minnesota was able to tie it up. Lambos in the right wing corner. Send it out to the line. Here's Nick Batan. Nearly lost it to a poke check. Taken back by the Wild. A shot. They score. This is off the stick of Brian O'Rourke. Through some traffic and past Soderboom was now talking to one of our game referees saying that he was interfered with in the Hawks crease. And we'll see if the, anything comes of that. Nothing came of that. Nothing. Luke Richardson and the coaching staff decided not to review it. They decided it was a clean goal. And there was some traffic in front of Soderbloom, a wild player in front of him, giving him a good screen. But Ryan O'Rourke was able to find it by him and tie up this game. And we went uh, into that uh, tied up at one. And then, again, later, more loose pucks in front of the net. And Soderbloom, the Hawks defenseman, had a little trouble, a little slow start for this team after the Entwistle goal. They were struggling to clear pucks, and the Wild made them pay to take the lead. Left point O'Rourke, long wrist shot from there, deflected wide by Vinny Letary. Loose puck in front, they score! And this is going to be Adam Beckman, who had a hard-working shift there, made it pay off. Took a nice pass and slapped the puck past Soderbloom. It's now 2-1 Minnesota. So Beckman gets the goal there for Minnesota to give them the 2-1 lead, and that lead would hold up all the way in deep into the third period. That second period, the Hawks started the third period with a power play. We had a couple four-on-fours in that second and third period, but back and forth, tightly contested, 2-1. The Hawks didn't give up. They kept trying to we saw uh, we heard we talked about Cole Gutman he got the player of the game from Troy Murray and he had a few posts in that second period and just couldn't get anything by uh, to tie up this game for the Hawks and they weren't able to do that but they kept chipping away they pulled the goalie with under two minutes to go and then Tyler Johnson was able to tie it up Korchinski picks up the puck bats it ahead Colton Dock over the wild line down the right wing Turning to the half board, sets up the high slot, Kachuk, fakes on a shot, drops it over, one-time shot, they score! 
It's Radish from the top of the left circle, driving it in toward the net. Gustafson made the save. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson was right there to clean up the rebound, and the Hawks have now tied it at two with 103 left in the third period. (laughs) Really good for Tyler Johnson, his preseason debut. We talked to him yesterday after practice, and he was really tired or really excited to start his preseason. He didn't play in that first game. And this is a guy that had an injury-riddled season last year, battled a high ankle sprain for most of the year, and that's hard for a hockey player on skates with that high ankle sprain. And he, he's he been good for the Hawks since he came over in the trade from Tampa. And he's played on some top lines, and there were some rumors thinking he might be on that top line as well. We'll see where that all stakes out. But he gets his first opportunity in the preseason, and he's able to cash in a goal. And we'll see how he fits into this team going forward but a nice goal for him to force overtime the Hawks pull the goalie they're able to force it they're feeling well but feeling good but they lose the opening face off and Minnesota 21 seconds in wins it wild control off the draw to start OT and at the Hawk blue line Duhame ends up misfiring on a pass back for Dewar Dewar has to go chase the puck back into the wild zone and does he leads the rush in over the Hawk line Dewar fires he scores from the left wing circle, Connor Dewar pulled the puck back as if he was going to drop it back to the left point, but instead rifled a shot past Soderblom. It's the only shot of overtime. 21 seconds into OT, the Wild have won it 3-2. to two. So quick flip of the switch, the Wild able to regroup. They also had a young lineup out there. I like the Hawks that a lot of young guys that have played in the AHL getting an opportunity to play, and they're able to get the goal. Connor Dewar is able to slip it by Arvid Soderblom. And the Wild are able to win it. So Wild win it three to two in overtime. The Hawks move to one and one now on the season in the preseason, uh, losing in overtime, playing two overtime games. So this team, we're expecting them to be a lot more competitive this season, and we're starting. We're seeing that certainly in these first two preseason games. Peter Morazic and Drew Camesso looking good in that first one, and winning, being able to win two to one over the Blues, and now. 3-2 to two loss to the Wild, but Arvid Soderblom had a solid performance for the Hawks in between the pipes. After that, we are, we'll take a quick break here on the postgame show and wrap it up here. You're listening to Blackhawks Hockey on 720 WGN. Wrapping up the postgame show here, Jack Heinrich filling in for Joe Brand. Hawks fall to the Wild 3-2 to two in overtime, but scrappy effort from the Hawks a lot of younger players getting their chance to play in this game and you're looking at Kevin Korczynski and Nolan Allen somebody that me and Troy talked about a lot two really young defensemen and they've got some size as well and we we're talking about Louis Crevier 6'8 they've got some Marcel Marcel's another big guy he played on Tuesday as well they've got a lot of young defensemen and it seems like they're targeting guys that are skilled and good skaters but also have that big size as well on that blue line for the Hawks. So that's something they're looking for is some some big bruisers and they'll they'll need that uh coming coming up, especially with some of these young guys that they have with Connor Bedard and Frank Nazar, some smaller guys, low or smaller guys that are high scoring offensive guys. And that's what the Hawks are looking to build for the future. I think this was a good glimpse into the future, uh looking forward to some guys that are might get reassigned to juniors after this uh, game here, but we got they got a good chance to be uh, get some good experience in the NHL. But there's some other guys too, like Boris Kachuk, Joey Anderson, Anders Bjork had a really good stretch with the Hawks. I think when he got, I thought that when he got traded over here at the trade deadline, some of these guys 
get a chance to play on a team like the Hawks last year. They they had the number one pick um, for a reason. They were finished near the bottom of the standings and had a little lottery luck. But these are some guys that have been able to get a chance to play a lot more on some higher lines and get more ice time uh, than on some other teams. Like you look at Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish, these guys were kind of buried on the on the Tampa Bay Lightning team that was going to the Stanley Cup Finals, it feels like, every year. But they get to the Hawks, and then they're able to come out. And Kachuk had a little bit of an up-and-down start to the season last year, but he really finished strong and had put together some good performances. And then Taylor Radish is someone I'm really interested to see what his role, what his role looks like going forward. This is a guy that scored 20 goals last year for the Hawks, had 37 points. And he he's a guy that was able to play a lot more once those those trades happen and at the trade deadline, Patrick Kane moving on, and then Jonathan Taves, who was in and out of the lineup as he was battling illnesses and um, other stuff. And now both of those guys aren't here, and now Radish is able to have that chance. So I'm, I'm interested to see where he slots in um, moving forward and what uh, what his role could look like because the Hawks have this nice mix of some veteran guys, and you're looking at Taylor Radish as the guy who's only 25 and He's going into a contract year, so it'll be interesting to see how he's able to fit into this team. Obviously, Connor Bradard is going to get the the center of attention, but there's some other guys on this team that will be able to um, make an impact and a name for themselves, whether it's with the Blackhawks or elsewhere. But again, the Hawks fall tonight, three to two in overtime to the Wild. They will get right back at it tomorrow, facing the Detroit Red Wings, the rival Detroit Red Wings on the road to play their third game at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Again, we don't have that broadcast. We'll have our, we'll have our next broadcast on Tuesday when they're back at the United Center. But for this team, I, we should expect more of what we saw probably in that first preseason game on Thursday. Uh, I don't know anything, but I'm expecting we'll see Connor Bedard and a lot of those other guys like Seth Jones uh that played in that first game some more of the regular players and then like Troy Murray was saying we'll be probably seeing some cuts on Monday as a scheduled off day and the Hawks playing two uh three games in four days after they were the last team in the NHL to start training camp and they were our last team in the NHL to play a spring training or a preseason game because they had camp for so long but the Hawks getting right back at it tomorrow against the Detroit Red Wings. And our tonight's next game preview is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. They will be in Detroit tomorrow to play the Red Wings. Linder goes to the right side. Now a shot. The wing score! Michael Rasmussen from the inside rim of the right circle. Got the feed and fires it in behind the Delkovich. Red Wings lead 4-3 in the third. Ken Cal from 97.1 FM, the ticket. Again, the Hawks are in Detroit tomorrow at 6. We will not have that game. Our next broadcast is at on Tuesday, October 3rd at 7.30. It'll be against the Red Wings at home. Blackhawks Hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, Anheuser-Busch, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to everybody here at our WGN stations, engineer Brett Jackson, producer Alan Poppy. And the great crew of John Weideman and Troy Murray at the XL Center. Again, I am Jack Heinrich, filling in for Joe Brand. Appreciate you all listening. Again, our next broadcast of Blackhawks Hockey is on Tuesday, 
against the Detroit Red Wings starting at 720. Hawks fall to the Red Wings 3-2 in overtime. We'll talk to you Tuesday.